At a time when government budgets are under pressure, there is increasing demand for public services to be delivered through third parties. The Cambridge MBA not-for-profit special interest group invited Alison Ogden-Newton, chair of the Transition Institute, to speak to them about the issues surrounding public sector spin-outs. I spoke to Alison briefly after her talk. So Alison, can you tell us what is the Transition Institute and why did you join? It's a, the Transition Institute is a platform for um, new forms of public service delivery that prioritise social value. So we are the space that promotes thinking around uh, new forms of public service delivery and where social value plays a part. Um, so as, social serv- as, as all government services become um, delivered by different kinds of companies, what is it that makes public service special and how can that be captured and how can we see more of that for the wider benefit of the community? Is there a, a principle regarding which types of services can be uh, spun out? It's a good question and people ask. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't think there are any services that um, are precluded from from being de- um, delivered independ- by independent uh, companies. Um, but I do think, um, obviously, there are some services that are, are highly confidential, highly sensitive, require extremely um, uh, the highest level of professional skills, and, and those need to be very sensitively commissioned. And I, and I think there is an understanding of that within the way in which commissioners are approaching contracts. Um, and that's why I actually think that social enterprises has got a, 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 a such a strong role to play in this space because social enterprises are already sensitive to the needs of community. They are already highly professional. They, they are built to um, prioritise um, the needs of the most vulnerable and they are much more likely to put um, the needs of citizens before shareholder profit. And so in that sense, um, they are competitive if we're looking at the sorts of uh, companies that uh, we want to deliver our public services in the future. One of the things that um, we learn on the MBA is about the problems associated with growth, and everyone wants to grow, the mm. assumption that bigger is better. Mm. Can social enterprises become too, too large, and do they, will they lose sight of the purpose that they were set up for? I think size does affect um, the way in which companies operate. But I think, again, if you're very careful about your ethos, um, and if you're, if you make it very much part of the way in which the business operates, I'm thinking, for instance, of, of of the John Lewis partnership, which continues to grow, but has its own partnership de- department and is very careful to make sure that the things that make um, John Lewis partnership special. Um, continue to grow along with the company. The other thing to remember is that particularly in public services, um, it is quite important to be able to borrow money when it comes to capitalising those services. And obviously being a larger company, you uh, have more of an advantage in being able to borrow money than a smaller company. So it, it is probably to be encouraged that social enterprises think beyond their initial contract um, and look and go for growth. So another one of the phrases that gets bandied about in the MBA is you only get what you measure. So how do you measure social value? It's in, it is as difficult as it's important. Um, people know when they've experienced um, value of all 
descriptions. They know when they've got something at a good price, but they also know when they've got something that the qualities that they wish to experience. And services, of course, are usually um, consumed um, through the quality of the experience rather than the cost that's paid at the point of the transaction. Um, and so it's actually all around social value. Public services are defined by social value. How do you measure that? That's quite difficult, but it is important um, because, again, people know when that social value is not present and they, they, they feel the, the, the lack thereof. Um, I think the introduction of the uh, Public Services um, Act, um, which looks at introducing social value and notions of social value in public sector commissioning, which became law at the end of, uh, of January this year, um, I think that's quite a useful signal that the government wishes to see a more apparent role for social value. And it, it gives a green light to organisations like the Transition Institute to make themselves busy working with uh, new public sector providers, working with government commissioners to come to some sort of agreement about what a social value commissioning framework would look like and how ultimately we're going to measure this very important ingredient in a civilised, unhappy society. When you spin out uh, a public service into a social enterprise, let's say, you're getting the same people doing pretty much the same jobs as before. How will, should they, how, what sort of comparative advantage do they have over a private company that the government may want to commission? Um, I think the advantage that they've got is that they made very deliberate choices to move into that form of work in order to be able to work within the public sector. They then looked beyond that and thought about becoming a, an independent provider, usually in my experience because they want to innovate the service, they want to do it differently. Um, and they've got strong ideas about how they could be better at what they do. It's that staff buy-in, it's that sense of ownership which actually becomes not only a lot of uh, social enterprises USP but also their market advantage because the people that work there um, feel really motivated about contributing to the service that they're providing and that gives um, added extras in all kinds of different areas of delivery. Okay, thank you very much. Pleasure.